Welcome back, everyone. Uh, can you recognize this voice? It's your co-host, Lamar Bratton, along with the Enneagram coach for professionals, Keanu Trujillo. What's up, Keanu? How you feeling? I'm feeling good to have you back, Slacker. I had to have you bring it in because the people probably missed you. I missed you. So I'm feeling great, uh, especially to have you back with me today. Let's get it, man. And I know you guys, uh, in case you've forgotten me, I know you haven't forgot the title. This is More Than Numbers, Enneagram for Business. And uh, today's topic is going to be why Enneagram. Uh, We're going to be putting Enneagram up on the, uh, what would that be called? Like the trial stand, I guess. Uh, there's been some very tough questions around Enneagram uh, that uh, I'm going to be asking Keanu today to really get his expert feedback on why he chose this and also handling some of the objections of using the Enneagram. So uh, Keanu, I hope you're ready to uh, make a stand. You and the Enneagram will be in the hot seat today. Let's do it. I'm excited about it, man. I'm, I'm so I'm so stoked about it. You know me uh, as an aide, as a challenger. I accept the challenge. I appreciate the challenge. And uh, well, you know, I, I asked to do this. So of course, I'm excited about it. <laughs> yep. And as a type one, I'm going to make sure you're saying the right things. And if it's not, I'm calling you out. Let's go. Hey, it's going to serve the people. I think that uh, all of you guys listening, um, I know this question gets asked a lot or a lot of questions around why should we use the Enneagram or another personality test or all of these different things. But I've not met a person that I've worked with that wasn't impacted permanently uh, because of this exposure. So I'm excited to put it out there, man. Let's let's get after it. Let's jump into it. So what attracted you to the Enneagram in the first place? Well, I didn't seek it out. When I moved here to Elevation or to Charlotte to work with Elevation, I had to take uh, the Enneagram test and Myers-Briggs and Strength Finders. They wanted kind of a whole person picture. And I've taken plenty of personality assessments before in corrections, law enforcement, military, financial services. Uh, and then now in ministry, there was always a different personality test. And I remember every time that I read them, it'd be like, oh, wow, this is you know super scary, accurate, but I didn't really know what to do with it. Uh, plus, I also didn't really like being classified. So it was like, okay, I, I know this, right? I know this stuff about myself. Thanks. Uh, but when I took the Enneagram and I reviewed the results, I remember it just capturing me in a different way. And I started to really read into it. And even in my first exposure to it, I couldn't stop reading about it and really just understanding, oh, what does it mean unhealth and health and paths and wings and all of this different stuff? It gave you much more freedom within your personality to understand it. Uh, so I read into it and I started to become very interested in it as I started working with Elevation. But honestly, why I leaned into it so heavy was because of the change that I saw it making in my life. Uh, Lamar, you've known me for many years now. You've known me. Um, you've uh, known me in, in leadership when we were back in New Mexico together, uh, you know, through our church and things like that. We worked together in financial services. So, you know, and I think you've got to witness firsthand like the transformation. And uh, it came from a felt need. Honestly, there was a person that I worked with. Uh, she was a type nine on our staff team. And I was super excited to be joining the team. And I think it was in our first maybe three weeks together. And I didn't know what it meant for her to be a type nine and for me to be a type eight. And we were having a conversation about her role. And I was very excited about what we were going to do as a team. And me as the type eight, I was doing my rhino thing like, hey, I'll help you out. Like whatever you need. What's your vision, right? What are you trying to accomplish? Uh, what, what, what are your goals for this quarter? Like, how can I jump in with you? I'm so excited. Like, what do you need from me? I'll go, I'll run it down. Like I got your back and I'm excited. I'm amped up, right? I'm super enthused and energized. 
And all the while, I didn't understand that that was like backing her into a corner. And so we left that conversation and I was pretty fired up, but I felt kind of weird about it, right? Because I wasn't totally unaware. I'm like, that didn't really feel as good as I thought it would. Like I thought I was helping, right? And uh, our supervisor, we had a one-on-one that afternoon and he said, hey, how did you think that conversation went? I said, well, I thought it went, you know, pretty good, but man, it kind of felt weird. He said, yeah, you pretty much destroyed her. And I felt terrible about it because I'm like, man, uh, I felt terrible because I I cared for her as a friend and as a teammate, right? But also this wasn't new. I've experienced that with people before where I thought I was helping, where I thought I was helping them to grow or develop or move forward. And I was actually causing a lot of pain. I didn't even realize, right? Um, But furthermore, I had done a little bit of that in my marriage. My wife is a type nine. And so we would get into... uh, intense conversations or necessary conversations. And you know me, Lamar, I get all fired up and, and I would never yell. I would just get excited. And I'm like, no, we need to talk about this. We need to deal with this. We need to face this now because as an aide, I'm like, okay, we, we can get through this. Right. And I don't want to not fight about it because if we don't fight about it, it could just get worse. So let's address it now. And, you know, she would tell me that, Hey, like you're yelling at me. And I would say, no, I'm not yelling. You've never heard me yell. And she would say, okay, work on your tone. And I'd work on my tone and I'd try and approach her again and I'd smile and she'd say, yeah, you still seem angry. And, you know, I learned through the Enneagram that that's part of a part of my personality and how to, you know, temper that and understand that, hey, you're not wrong for perceiving me as angry. I need to understand that I come across as angry, right? I need to understand that I come across as intense. So it came from that felt need. Um, all of that happened within the course of a couple months of moving here to Charlotte to join Elevation. And then I, I picked it up and started learning about it and became an enthusiast. I started using it with my leaders uh, in the church. And that ultimately blossomed into what is now true strategy in our business. You said a lot in there. And as a verbal processor and a type eight, I'm not surprised. So I want to take you back to something that you said earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Back to the beginning, you said that you were doing some research and you were really reading into it. What did you discover in that in that research about the Enneagram that attracted to you it even more? I know you mentioned this, but I would I want you to elaborate some more on that. What did you discover? What really got me in as, as much as I can remember was that it speaks to the why, right? Your behavioral tendencies or the what your behavioral tendencies, but it really focuses in on the why. And so your what changes from situation to situation, but your why never does, right? Your core motives. And we know that with the Enneagram that it speaks to your core motivations. So when it started speaking to those core motivations in the first book I ever read, I recommend it to uh, everybody as they're just getting into the Enneagram is The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron. Great author, great storyteller. Uh, He's a type four, so he's very introspective and deep. Um, But it started to grab me in that way of understanding, wow, that's why I, why I do what I do. And uh, for me personally, um, I realized that a lot of this exterior fervor or aggression or, uh, you know, what would you call that? How would you describe it? I pictured a suit. I pictured a super saiyan, honestly, <laughs> but you're not a dragon. You're not a dragon ball Z fan, but that's literally what popped in my mind when you said it and you caught me off right. guard. Cause I'm like, I was picturing like Keanu with like hair and it turned gold and like yeah. he just charged up. Well, that's a good, uh, a good example. Yes. The super Saiyan, uh, and I don't like Dragon Ball Z, the super Saiyan likeness, right. Um, was I hope really, that you lose followers for that. Yeah. Well, uh, we might gain if, if we lose followers for that or lose subscribers, then we'll probably gain just as many. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, all of that was really a, a, it was an overcompensation for how I felt inside. 
Um, and eights are like that, right? Right inside, we're afraid of, of being betrayed, being harmed, being weak, being powerless, right? And so when I understood like, wow, that's what I'm really looking for, it just started to teach me so many different ways of leading and understanding and growing and developing when I was actually able to uncover what was going on underneath the surface. And when we work on our motives uh, and our mindset, then it speaks to our mechanics. Too often we address, thing at the, address things at the mechanics level and it, it doesn't last. It's not lasting change. Gosh, to speak to the core motivations is so foundational and important. And I'm glad that uh, you helped me find that. Uh, because it just really gave a good definition behind why I am doing everything or why I would want to do it this way or how I should look at this mundane task in a way that's going to help me get it done because I'm taking myself back to my core motivations. Um, and I don't think I remind myself of that uh, often enough. Um, you're also talking about like understanding yourself better. And I was starting to think back. I was like, yeah, I did know him in leadership like when we were serving together. And I just remember like every time you did a devotional it was always like intense as heck and like the first devotional i think the first devotional that's the fondest of me was when you talked about everyone has to pick up their own cross and carry it do you remember when you when you did that devotional like i remember you going through that and just being like man i'm freaking ready to run through a wall and it was like every every week you always brought that same energy but now it makes so much sense um, can you elaborate more on like delivering those devotionals? Like before you kind of knew this is the way you were like, can you just tell me how you were operating at that moment? If you can remember? Yeah. I mean, of course uh, it was always very intense. Do you remember the time that I picked up the rock and brought it inside? And, and, I, and I, and I accused you all of, of, I, I encouraged you all to not be less than the rock, right? If, if, uh, these don't cry out, this rock will, right. And so our job uh, on at the church was first time guests. And so it's like, we got to cry out, right? So yeah, it was always very intense. I think that it all speaks to the way that we interpret things. So with all of our Enneagram types, we're going to interpret things in different ways. And I'm working on a study now into certain books that certain types will gravitate towards. So you understand like, hey, you're going to naturally gravitate towards these kind of books. Here's some ways that you can challenge yourself. So more on that later. But like, for example, Tim Grover, uh, author of Relentless, right? He was Michael Jordan's uh, trainer. He talks about unleashing this person inside of you, right? This Michael Jordan-esque type person. I love that book 100%, but he's speaking through the perception of a type eight. Of course, he thinks Mm. that any person can unlock that within them and any person Mm. can accomplish whatever, but the way they're going to do it is going to be entirely different. So in a Mm. way like that kind of book or like Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, the perception uh, of a type eight, he's speaking through that lens right? And that's not bad. These are books that I enjoyed, of course, as a type eight. But when you think that every person can operate in this way, like through this perception, that's not helpful to people. So it was just all in my perception. When I read the word, and even still, when I read the word, it's it's very uh, aggressive. Like my perception is like action, like let's do something with this, right? Um, but for some people, it may be more of a quiet meditation and really like looking inward and they perceive it as like a, you know, a, a more gentle type of approach. So all of my words were like that. But at the same time, I've always been a, an inspirer. Uh, of people, a leader of people. And so I wanted to get people fired up, but it was because my perception was all of that energy and all of that fire. And I wanted to uh, communicate that and translate that to people. 
And, uh, you know, you know, like I do, and I think we're long enough past this to talk about it, but that church wasn't too fond of my, uh, time in the word, uh, and, and, and having those, uh, what would they call it? A pep rally or whatever it was, but I'm like, Hey, I'm going to serve my people before they serve anyone else. And so we didn't, I didn't really get along too well with the leadership of that church. We'll just say that much, but Hey, it was their perception, right? They were seeing it through their lens and they didn't like that. That's okay. But yeah, so that's a, a little bit on that. We kind of went on a tangent there, but y'all, my devotionals are fire. Maybe I'll drop some on here. <laughs> um, so let's take a step back um, to that conversation you had with uh, the, the type nine um, about like trying to help her achieve her goals. Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently? I would have asked more questions. I would have asked more questions and got behind where she was already going. Um, Elevation Church is a very fast-paced environment, very, very hard-charging, a lot of eights and ones and threes leading the charge. And so for her as a type nine, it it takes a lot already for a nine to assert themselves and, and really lead with their desires and what they're trying to accomplish. And so she was already in a place where she was doing a great job and she's still phenomenal uh, at her job now. But I would have asked a lot more questions and understanding, hey, where, where is, what is she right looking for? What is she trying to do in a much more, you know, gentle way instead of like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll run through the wall for you. What's your vision? What's your Q1 goals? Like, what are the things you're trying to accomplish, right? Talking to her in the way that I would want to be talked to instead of understanding where she was coming from and what she would actually be looking for and just supporting her in that. I love that. Love that introspect. So now here we are. You uh, are running True Strategy. Why did you decide to focus on uh, Enneagram in business? My mentor, he uh, coaches with the DISC assessment. And he told me, hey, you know, DISC would be a great opportunity to explore. And he's a great, great leader. So he didn't, you know, force it on me in any way. But he said, hey, you should explore this. DISC is really popular in the business space. And honestly, I liked the challenge of one, introducing this new, uh, not new, it's, it's not new by any means, but not a lot of people are using it in the business space. So I accepted the challenge of being the Enneagram for business and running in that lane. And, and it's so uh, indicative of my personality that I don't want to run in the lane that's already been created, right? I want to create a new way. Um, but also beyond that, if you're not passionate about what you're selling, if it hasn't personally impacted you, you're not going to have the same conviction when you're selling it. And so for me, it's been so impactful for me. It's changed my life. And, uh, you know, short of the, the gospel in Jesus, it's in my wife, it's the third best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I wanted to, to lean in and share the transformation that I found in it and how I've used it as an effective tool, right? It's not an idol. It's, it's simply a tool. And I wanted to, to run in that space. And so it set itself apart. It spoke to the why. Uh, and I wanted to, I wanted to, to face that challenge of introducing it into the business world. And we will be the Enneagram for business. We are the Enneagram for business. We just got to work to get there. I love that. I love that. Wanting to make your own lane. That doesn't sound like a type eight at all. <laughs> so why is this? Why did you see this being a fit for business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs? Yeah, well, to speak to business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs, those of you that are listening, uh, when, as I mentioned earlier, the what is always going to be different. The If we're planning and we're teaching to the what, well, the next day, the what's going to change. And now we got to solve that problem, right? We're going to put out that fire. But when we can speak to the why, we can be much more effective and it's much more sustained growth, right? So when I know the desires, fears, longings, and weaknesses, those four just straight core motivations within a person, I can speak directly to that and and understand what a person is looking for 
underneath their actions. Hey, let's get beyond the actions and let's get down to the root of these things and begin to move you towards results or move you towards um, growing in the culture. And, and those are the two primary ways that we use it within businesses is one, growing your culture, understanding each other, right? Accelerated relationships, and then getting to the results, accelerated results, getting to the performance aspect, right? Increasing performance. Because for example, Lamar, you know my type and I know your type and we're now in business together. You're on the true strategy team. When we're communicating, we don't have to give as much context because we understand where we're coming from. I know where your strengths lie. I know where your desires are. I know what your fears are. And we can speak to those things much more directly to get to the point, which is the impact within our businesses. So uh, in introducing it into your business, business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs that are listening, this really does help you to get to the point and it's portable. It's very easy to remember what a challenger, a peacemaker, a perfectionist, a helper, an individualist, uh, investigator, loyalist, enthusiast, it's easy to remember those things because they have identity, right? Whereas other assessments in, you know, I, I think the second best uh, is the disc. And, and I really, you know, I don't want to throw any type of shade. Of course, I'm going to say mine's the best guy. So give me some grace here. Uh, but, you know, other assessments, disc, Myers-Briggs, culture index, what does it mean to be a high I, middle D, low S, moderate C, right? And of course, when you deal with people that are, are, are skilled in this way, they're going to teach you, they're going to help you to understand it. But even just in that, when you have a name to something and the number has identity and you have a name and you have an identity and you can match those, it's easier to carry and understand. That's why I wanted to carry it, carry it forward there and into businesses. And, and again, it's portable, it's easy, it's simple. Uh, and, and it really is easy to integrate into businesses rather quickly. Yeah, you did a leadership session with, uh, with my team um, and, and our firm. And what's been really cool is like whenever we have uh, an issue with a rep or something doing well, uh, we've been saying like, hey, remember he is a type nine or he's a type two or he's a type four. Like here's what he's thinking. Here's what he's motivated by. It's like when we're giving each other feedback, we're reminding each other of those types. And it's been very easy, very quick to uh, apply this stuff and uh, I think it's it's just so easy. It's like, oh, it recenters you every time you're getting ready to do some type of uh, feedback. And I, I've loved that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I love to hear that. Um, I haven't discussed that with you since I worked with your uh, leadership team there. And so to hear how it has been applicable, again, because it's identity, right? It's a name. You're giving a name to a number. Um, and then you're putting a name to that with people. And so you're able to, to easily apply it. How has this overall helped you with your mindset? Like in stress, in health, around friends, around strangers? How has this helped you? As we know with the Enneagram, it has the paths that show us, right? The number we navigate to in health and the number we navigate to in unhealth. And so as an eight, when I'm unhealthy or when I'm stressed, I take on more of the unhealthy characteristics of the five, the investigator, right? I become much more withdrawn and cerebral and isolated and self-centered. And so I understand that when I'm in that place, okay, this is what an unhealthy me looks like right? I know that about myself so I can navigate to my health, which is the higher attributes of a type two, which is the helper, um, you know, in honor and respect to uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This week, he, I think, embodied everything that a type eight was. 
it was always geared towards service for others. So when you understand what your best looks like as well, you can take intentional action to move into that place. And so you as a leader, speaking back to business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders, you, when you understand your team and what their worst and what their best looks like, then you can coach them out of their worst and coach them to their best when you understand it. Um, I actually coached a, a, psych- a psychiatrist and he's much older gentleman, about 56 years old. And he identified he was a type five. When I walked him through, we got to the path section and understanding what an unhealthy him looked like. He figured out that he operated 20 years of his life in an unhealthy path. And it was a very deep and heavy moment. He stopped and paused and was like, wow, that really hit me. And I asked him, you know, what's going on there? He said, I operated for 20 years. He did a stint in financial services. And he said, I operated 20 years in my unhealthy path. And I didn't even know it because Carl Jung's famous psychiatrist said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And you'll call it fate until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. So in that, this, this gentleman, he was operating in that unhealthy space and he didn't even know it. He just said, this is how I am because as humans, we have traumas or incidents that happen in our life and it puts us in a very unhealthy space. And if we don't understand, Hey, this is the worst part of me, like alarms going off that I need to do something about this. We'll just say, this is just who I am now. Right? So for the longest time, the majority of my life, I operated as that reckless and destructive rhino and people that know me from, you know, back then would say I was very kind, always very compassionate and things like that. But, you know, I was still very, very destructive in a lot of my tendencies. And I just thought this is the way I am. And being a stubborn person, I really thought this is just the way I am. And so when you understand how you can leverage these things to grow, uh, it really does just bring a a great difference. So you are really preaching right now. You really are. Uh, I love the Carl Jung quote, um, making, I mean, man, there's a, there's a mission statement in there. Uh, <laughs> we already have ours, but we need to find a way to implement that. Making the unconscious conscious, like, whoo, that's fire. Uh, anyways, a common statement from uh, other business owners and, uh, and leaders is, I don't want to invest into another personality assessment that we're just going to forget in a month. What's your answer to that? I love that. I love that because it tells me that uh, there's a lot of room for growth. I love that because to me, that says opportunity. I get to change somebody's mind or uh, paradigm on personality assessments or tools like that. And you know what I tell them is, I tell them, you need to pay me and find out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Lamar's face dropped. Like, are you serious? <laughs> no, honestly. Sometimes, no, you're saying that, but it actually feels that way sometimes. <laughs> you're like, if you just pay me, you would find out very quickly. Yeah. Well, I actually did say that in a call earlier to a client. Uh, he's asking a lot of great questions. And I told him, I said, ultimately, you get to pay and find out. So that's a great thing. Let's do it. And he was also a type eight. So, you know, let's go. Um, but <laughs> when people say that, it's understanding, okay, the way that we operate at True Strategy, and for those of you that haven't worked with us yet, we look for and we teach and coach two ways to make it sustainable. So I don't want to show up and be a flash in the pan, get you really excited and get your team excited about this for a day, and then you forget it after a month. The way that I coach is really to instill sustainability. And one way that I do that is identifying traits within people and again, putting putting their name, the people of the teams to the number and understanding that, hey, everything you need on your team is right here. Let's learn how to leverage it. So after I'm gone, 
I didn't bring anything to the table. And I always said this in leadership development, I cannot bring anything to you. I can simply bring it out of you. You already have it. It's already within you. It's my job to bring it to the surface. So especially with the Enneagram and using it to coach it in professional settings is bringing to the surface, the strengths that are on the team and identifying why the tensions exist. And then you're able to carry that forward because I brought it out of you. I didn't bring it to the table. I brought it out of you. And so if it came out of you, it's sustainable, right? And if I bring it, then it's going to be short lived because people forget that's, it's okay. Right. But when I bring it out of you or bring it out of your team, then you're going to carry it forward. And that's why every place that I've ever worked with every couple, every individual, every team, it goes and goes and goes, and they can't help but talk about it. And they become referring machines. And I think that that's why we've had the success we've had uh, because I'm coaching to sustainability, coaching to long-term results. Um, and then also there's the fact that the Enneagram is just different in a way that again, because it is, I, there is identity in it. Uh, people are going to carry it with them and moving forward. And then one thing that we're working on just an exclusive for you listeners is beyond our coaching, we're working on a course that after I come in and introduce this to your team, there's actually a course that your leaders or a, a you or someone that you designate can take this course and they can become your local Enneagram expert. Uh, we're also working on our own assessment. You guys are getting all the goodies today. Our own assessment that will have a dashboard that you as a business owner, you can take this assessment and you can send it to those on your team, implement it in your recruiting process, in your hiring process, whatever it may be. So that way you can sustain this as a tool moving forward. I have no interest in coming in and entertaining you. I have interest in changing the, the direction completely or accelerating uh, your results completely of your business. Accelerated relationships equal accelerated results. Keanu, you freaking knocked all this out of the ballpark, man. If, uh, if you guys have any other questions about the legitimacy of this, of this tool that we're using and how we're applying it, keep it to yourself. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can't do that. Eight <laughs> thing. Yeah. You're trying to, hold up. <laughs> you're trying to do that eight thing and it does not fit you well. <laughs> Um, anyways, Keanu, how can we get more of you? What do we do to stay connected? Man, you pay me. Um, no, but guys, if you have questions, honestly, though, business owners, leaders, if we didn't answer any of your questions, I know we didn't, please send us questions. We'd love to do a Q and a send your questions to info at truestrategy.info. Um, if you have questions about how to use this, that you'd like us to address on the podcast, or if you want to engage with us personally, uh, info at truestrategy.info, we'll get you connected. We'll have a conversation. We'll talk about your goals and how we can leverage this tool in 2021 to develop your culture, your leadership and ultimately accomplish your results. Our new line is Accelerated Relationships, Accelerated Results. Uh, you can also visit our website, www.truestrategy.info. And that is it, ladies and gentlemen, uh, another episode of More Than Numbers, Enneagram for Business. I'm your co-host, Lamar Braden, along with the Enneagram Coach for Professionals, Keanu Trujillo. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>